before we get started. Lord God, we honor you and we bless you. We exalt your name above every other name. God, we declare that you are our God, you are our Lord, and God, we've set our cups out today to receive from you. Even now, God, I receive. I receive utterance, God. I ask now that as a willing vessel, you use me to edify and to strengthen your people, to strengthen our families, to strengthen our communities. God, more importantly, to strengthen your church. God, I lay myself out to you. I declare that my competency, God, it comes from you and not from me, not from what I've studied, not from what I've read, Father God, but it comes from you. And I thank you now that you will speak directly to your people. We thank you now, God, that everyone in this house is good ground, from the youngest to the oldest, good ground for the seed of the word, and it will produce mightily in their lives. We love you and we thank you now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Well, let's go to our text this morning. We're going to uh, look at a very short passage of scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 10. We're going to read verses 12 through 13. And then we're going to get into this. Amen. Amen. It says this. It says, and now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him? to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. Say that. Say, it's for my good. Say that again. Say, it's for my good. Right. None of the things that the Lord tells us, you may take your seat, is to bring us harm. It's not to hurt us. It's not even to restrict us. It's not to frustrate us. No, it's for our good. Now, we are going to talk this morning uh, from a very uh, interesting topic because I don't normally teach on these kind of things, but amen. Um, we're going to talk on restoring right relationship. And you'll see there I parenthetically said with God. Because I want to convey the point this morning that when we talk about restoring right relationship, that the relationship that must be restored, the primary relationship that we've got to get right is our relationship with God. And I'm trying to convince the church this morning that if we get the relationship with God right, every other relationship that we are a part of will fall into place. Now, listen to me. In nature, in life, it's all about relationship. When we sit outside, you sit in a park, you go to the beach, all you're watching is relationship. Ask him, well, that doesn't make sense. When you go outside, God set up systems, right? You look at nature and you look at how things operate and how things roll. It's all about how one species interacts with another species. It's how one animal interacts with the plant. It's, it's all relationship. So it's interesting that when we get into the body of Christ, we've gotten down the point of relationship. We got that. We've gotten so savvy that we tell everybody, listen, it's not a religion. It's a relationship. And I'm telling you that one
catchphrase has caused more problems for the church than any other we've coined. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Kim? Okay, now we've taken religion to mean, or it is, how man relates with God. And that's exactly what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to relate with God. Now, we threw out something. We threw out tradition. Why? Why did we throw it out? Oh, well, because it was the tradition of man. That's why. That's what you were supposed to say. But was all of it tradition of man? No, it wasn't. So what happened is we threw out the whole basket and forgot that in the basket there were some good things. So this morning I just want to convey the point that no, it's not a religion. Yes, it's in relationship, but there are requirements. Okay, there are requirements. God himself said so. And we've got to go ahead and get our souls around the fact that there are relationship requirements when we dialogue and deal with God. Now, it's not hard to understand because we have requirements if you're going to be in relationship with us, right? We say things like, you got to come to me correct. you got to talk to me the right way. Don't step to me any kind of way. Oh, we get that, and we make people toe the line on that. But when it comes to our relationship with God, all gates are open. Whatever you want to do, however you want to speak, however we want to dress, however we want to talk, who's to, who's to judge me? Now, how fair is that? How right is that? It's not. If we have requirements on how we relate, Father God has requirements as well. All right? So we're talking about nature. We're talking about... Uh, how things interact. And, and they call, it's a, it's a big word, but it's not so big, so don't trip. It's called symbiosis. Symbiosis is a word for relationship in nature. Okay, so there are three kind of relationships you're going to talk about mainly in, in symbiosis. You're going to talk about one called mutualism. You get a need met, I get a need met. We go, we go right on hand in hand. I get my needs met, you get your, we, we like those kinds. We like when everything goes well. We like it when I'm not losing anything, nor am I giving up too much, and you're not losing anything, you're not giving. We coexist wonderfully. We like that. But then there's another one. It's called commensalism. Commensalism is simply this. It is, I take from you without hurting you. I take from you, and you're never hurt. The third one is called parasitism. It's, I come, and I take, and I do you harm, or I kill you. All right. So, human beings in nature, we have a mutual relationship. Earth brings forth in bud. We take it and we eat it. We work hand in hand. God keeps providing more to eat. We keep eating. Nothing's breaking down. Nothing's falling apart. Don't believe the lie. We are not running out of water. The Lord says he's storing it up in heaven. Yeah, they, they teach us the law of conservation of mass, right? Nothing is created, nothing is destroyed. But then at the same time, they want to tell us water is going somewhere and we can't ever get it back. Do y'all believe your science or not? All right? So the other one is commensalism. We look at the monarch butterfly. They come and they take something, a, a toxin out of milkweed. The plant's not hurt. The monarch butterfly's not hurt. 
Nobody's hurt. But can I tell you what happens? When birds come along and try to eat a butterfly, it's nasty to them, a monarch, and they won't bother it. So the plant wasn't hurt, right? The monarch got what he needed, didn't take anything, didn't cause that, that plant any problem. Now we know about parasites. We know about a leech. We know about roundworms, ringworms. They get into your bodies or they get into an animal and they keep taking away the valuable nutrients that that animal needs until that animal gets extremely sick or it dies. Now I contend that that same kind of thing works in church. That there are people who come to church and it's a very mutual relationship. I come, I give, I serve, I hear, I obey, I go out, I witness, I bring more people in, I grow, and the church grows. Isn't that beautiful? That's how it's supposed to work, right? But then you have, other words, commensalism, right? That I come, I don't bother nobody. I don't cause no trouble. I even tithe. But I'm going to sit on the back. I'm not going to make too much noise. I'm not going to really get to know anybody. I'm going to come in and I'm going to slip out. Right, and we see that in the seeker-friendly church where you don't have a person stand up to let anybody know that they want to receive God. Just have them fill out a decision card and, and we hope. Oh, stop. But then we also have the parasites. That any time you don't hear nothing from them until something goes wrong. When they serve, they cause problems. When they show up, it's more issue. They take, 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 take. Well, we raise tithes and offerings. Why can't you pay my light bill? Why can't you pay my bills? Why can't you pay my rent? Why can't you keep my kids? Don't shut down children's church. Those are the first ones to squawk. Well, why y'all don't have children's church anymore? Um, maybe because you weren't serving? Do, do you see how parasites just keep taking and keep taking and then they're not satisfied until they're convinced five, six more people to come along with them. They infect them and now we see the church shriveling up and dying. This thing called life is all about relationship. And I submit that if we get the relationship with God right, every other relationship will work out. So what is relationship? The relationship is the way, this is just a definition for those who like definitions, is the way in which two or more people or groups regard and behave toward each other. It's how I think of you and how I treat you. How I think of you and as a result of how I think of you, I go on to treat you a certain way. Now, as we look at what's going on in society, relationships are eroding. I mean, if I hear about one more murder-suicide, if you're upset, just be upset. If you're in pain, just be in pain. If you're in crisis, be in crisis. But did you have to take out the whole household? You know, we have our, our, well, some children speaking to adults any kind of way they want to speak to them and think it's, oh, when did the, when did the parent-child relationship become so toxic? 
Wasn't it supposed to be? We train them up in the way that they go, and when they are old, they won't depart from it. Not they'll go out, taste the world, eat of all the world, and come dragging themselves, have beat. That's not how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be honoring our mothers and fathers, right? So that it could be well with us. Okay. How do we think about things? So we've got to get relationships in order. Now, as we see relationships erode out there, the relationship between man and God is also eroding. And what's the culprit? Selfishness. Relationship says, I regard you and I treat you a certain way. Well, when I have no regard for you and I only have regard for myself, what then happens? I don't care about you. I'll neglect you. I'll walk away from you. You know, the Bible talks about not having natural affection in the last days. They will have. How many more do we, times do we have to read about, you know, women having babies and leaving them somewhere? or leaving them in a box somewhere, or how long is the church going to be divided on abortion? Where I can have all of the physical pleasure I want, but then not bear the fruit that comes from it. And I, the reason the church is divided on it is because the church has broken relationship with God. So we're going to restore relationships this morning. We're going to get back to a place where we know how to properly regard one another, but most importantly, we know how to properly relate to and regard God. Now, we're talking about not looking at it as a religion. We're going to look at it as a relationship, but we're going to start focusing a little more on what's required in this relationship. See, in order for my husband and I to have a good relationship, he has to come home every night. No, you don't have a choice. And when I say you got to come home every night, you don't dock my door after midnight. Nobody darts my door after midnight because, see, that's a new day. That means you didn't come home yesterday. Well, they got prom. So they get to not come home today because they got... So there's, there's, a, there's a requirement for this to work, a mutual, for it to be this mutual. I got to come home. Don't dot your door after midnight. <laughs> it works both ways. Amen. Everybody. Oh, God. Amen. It works both ways. But in order for the parental relationship to work, I've committed to provide. As a child, I commit to honor and respect. And as long as the honor and respect is coming, the provision continues. Now, I'm not talking about the state required provision. I'm talking about honor. I'm talking about the blessings keep flowing as you keep honoring and obeying. Now, you can't keep giving the disrespect and think that blessings are going to. Well, I don't like how she talks to me. Well, how do you talk to her? Or how do you talk to him? It's relationship. Now, where did relationship begin? It began in the Garden of Eden, right? God created man. 
And then God looked at man and said what? Huh? It's not good for him to be alone. So then the first relationship was what? God to man. Now when God realized that man could do things the way he wanted them done, he then presented him with the what? Why? Why do you say that? In the book of Genesis, God made man from the dust of the earth. And as you keep going in chapter 2, it says that at some point God bought all the animals and passed them before Adam to see what would Adam call them. Now, you don't think God already had a name in mind? Of course he did. But he was making sure that that man, Adam, thought about things and saw things the same way he saw them. So in order for a relationship to work, you've got to see things the way I see them. See, could you imagine the conflict if I was screaming homeschool and he was screaming public school? Or vice versa. You know, if I was saying no dating and he's saying, go ahead, son. <laughs> you could do it, boy. Conflict. We're not thinking the same thing. So before Adam received his wife, God made sure that they thought the same way. Then the wife came, right? And then after the wife came, what came next? Children. Now, not beating up anybody, but will we now agree that there is a lot of chaos in our community and in our society because we went man, lover, children. Now, we've repented, we've been forgiven, we're good. But it creates a whole lot of situations, a whole lot of problems, a whole lot of mental disorder, a whole lot of mental... Listen, ladies and gentlemen, the things we are seeing every day on the news, the things these teachers are experiencing every day in these hallways has nothing to do with whether or not Joe Biden is doing anything. The truth of the matter, when this thing is working right, you don't need the president to do jack. Why? Because the church is the primary institution on the, the church. The government ought to be looking to us. But when we break the requirements for relationship, we create children and human beings that are so broken, dysfunctional, downright being past all emotion. How did we get there? Bad relationship. Bad relationship. Abandonment issues come from bad relationship. Separation anxiety, bad relationship. I killed my girlfriend, what? boy, 17 years old in Houston, shot his 15-year-old girlfriend 22 times and left her in a field. What creates that type of monstrous behavior? Broken relationship. 
And who is Pastor Kim pointing the finger at? I'm pointing my finger at the church. Well, how you, how you, how you, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We've been here. We've been here, but what have we been saying? We've been saying, oh, come as you are. Oh, we've been saying, oh, don't judge that, don't judge this. Oh, we've been saying, let people be and don't. Wrong. 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 God has a way things are supposed to work. And when we violate those things and his systems, we create havoc. He said to Adam, he said, Adam, I'm giving you everything in this garden to eat. You can eat everything. But that thing that I have separated unto myself, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're not to touch it. You're not to touch it. And what did Adam, through his wife, because relationship was broken, it is not Eve's responsibility to be making family decisions like that. It just wasn't her job. Now I know with the modern boss lady, power chick, you have problems with that. But do you know how well I sleep at night? When all I'm thinking about is do we have enough rolls of toilet paper and our paper towels in the pantry? Hey, 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 don't look at me because I know I had 18 mega rolls that I'm good. But I'm not going to negotiate a lease. I'm not going in to negotiate services with the lawn man. I'm not going in to negotiate how much you're going to clean the pool and how often. I'm not doing He's the head. And my children have no business coming to me about what kind of toilet paper and coming to him about whether the lights are paid. That ain't their business. Now, when you provide your toilet paper, then you can tell me which brand you like. But until then, it's Charmin in the blue. Ultra soft, because ultra strong is wrong. Do you see what I'm saying? We've got to restore relationship. And the first relationship the church has got to restore is our relationship to God. Listen, if God went through so many verses to tell priests and Levites how to dress, when they come into his presence. When he told holy women of God how to adorn themselves, Old Testament and New Testament, what gives us the right to then tell him how I'm coming in his house? I'm, I just like skinny jeans. Well, God is saying the skinny jeans don't like you. And I don't like them either. But I'm just saying. See, and so you compromise. There's that word we love in relationship. We compromise on one thing, and then you look up, and you got cocktail dresses with backs out and ruching on the side. And Okay, well, what you going to say now? Because you didn't say anything when brother man came in with his son's jeans on and his wife's T-shirt. We said nothing. 
We said nothing. So then when the Daisy Dukes are on the front row with heels, say nothing. Oh, no, 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 Pastor Kim. Oh, no, no, no. We've got to love them. You can Here's y'all church phrase. You got to catch them for you clean them. Because we've made up the requirements for the relationship. Can I tell everybody a huge secret? Church is not for sinners. Sinners come in because we've brought them in and they get saved and then they become saints who fellowship with the saints. This is a gathering of the saints. We're supposed to be making converts out there. They ought to be seeing something about us at work, something about us at school, something about us at the grocery store, something about us at the ballpark. They're supposed to see something about us that makes them want to come sit next to you and start asking you questions. And as they start asking you questions, remember your testimony? You start sharing your testimony. And then as you share your testimony, they say, hey, I want to be like you. What do I have to do? Then you direct them into relationship, not with you. Not with you. You're not building flunkies and followers. You're building relationship. You're putting them to God. You're pointing them to Jesus. Then when you do that, you say, oh my goodness. I, you need to come to church. And you, can I tell you what the world always asks? They always ask, what should I wear? Because the world understands that there is a standard and a dress code depending on where you go. They understand that. They understand if I'm going to the upscale club, I got to put this on. But if I'm going to the hole in the wall, that's all right. But it's the church that has said, no, 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 no. Just come as you are. Oh, just come as you are. And now your daughter's getting married, you're paying $30,000 for a wedding, they come in looking like that. Why? You told them to come to church just as you are. Well, I can't afford clothes. I can't afford a dress. I am so glad. Girl, you know how much I love to shop? I'm picking you up Saturday at 9, and we're going to my favorite store, and I want you to pick out a nice dress. Or you know what? You look nice in a pair of slacks. I'll buy you a pair of slacks. Pastor Kim, that's so super. No. See, it's these little foxes that have spoiled the vine. And now we have, as Americans, become a culture with no standards, no dignity, no self-respect, hallelujah, no honor. No honor. It becomes big news. In some of these major cities, when a restaurant says you can't come in and dine that way. Now everybody want to get on the news and make a stink. They hate black people. No, they don't hate black people. They have a dress code. They're coming against black. They're not coming against you. They will take your money gladly. But they're saying there's a standard we're going to maintain, and I don't care what football you throw, what baseball you throw, what racket you swing, we're not lowering our standards for you. Well, I saw somebody, somebody else had that on. Somebody else got away with trafficking drugs. You want to get away with that? 
Really? Are we, are we, really? We're the church. So God said, hey, there's a requirement for relationship. And when we violate the order, when we violate, violate the requirements, we create problems. Most of our homes will straighten right out, I mean, in a matter of hours. If we just said, I'm doing this God's way. I'm doing this God's way. I'm not worried about how I feel. I'm just going to honor the requirements, okay? So here's, here we go. Restoring right relationships. For relationships to work, here's the first thing we got to do. We've got to please God. Please God. Go to uh, Psalm 37 and 4 in the CEV for me, please. Not all, don't go to sleep on me now because I'm not telling a joke. Just stay with me. Stay with me. Psalm 37, 4 in the CEV, it says, Do what the Lord wants, and he will give you what? Do what the Lord what? And he will give you your heart's what? Now here's what's happening. People are going outside of the church because there's so many things that they want. There's so many things that they're trying to have. Can I tell you a secret? God doesn't mind you having them. And he will give them to you without you having to toil for them. But here's what he's asking you to do. Do what I ask you to do. See, I tell my children, you don't have to worry about anything. Well, kids, oh, when are your kids going to get a job? What well, they need one. They, they, they paying bills? Well, you know what? They, well, you're going to teach them a work ethic. Taking that trash out every night is a work ethic. Spraying that Clorox cleanup in that sink is, is a trainer. Come on, keeping toothpaste off your mirror, I'm training you. Right? Because we let them go out there too soon and we lose our ability to speak into their lives. When we say no, their check says yes. I'm going to just tell you how to. But if we please God and let God prosper us and we take care of them, then there's no need for all of this. Please God. Well, he ain't going to never let me have, he ain't going to never buy me. Please God. Paul said it this way. Paul said, I make it my aim to please him. Now, how well off was Paul? How famous, here it is, how much of an influencer was Paul? I mean, we're still reading him. They're reading about him and how many hundreds and hundreds of thousands of languages. That's an influencer. But he said, I make it my aim to be well-pleasing to God. Go to Proverbs 16 and 7. Here's the benefits now. If I just said, you know what, God, I'm going to please you, look what happens to relationships. It says here, when a man, man's ways please the Lord, look at this. Even he even makes his enemies to be at peace. When my ways please God, I don't have haters. So everybody can stop preaching about haters. I don't have any haters. Pastor Kim, you know they don't like you. That's their business. 
business. But as for me, I have no haters. As for me, I have no enemies. As for me, there's nobody I don't love. As for me, there's nobody I won't do for it. Let me see you in trouble. I'm going to be the first to help. Member or non-member, it doesn't make me any difference. Because when my ways please God, even my enemies will be at peace. Come on. Look at Jesus. Go to John 8, 29. I'm sorry, I didn't give you the scripture for Paul. That was 2 Corinthians 5 and 9. John 8, 29. <laughs> and he who sent me, look at this, is with me. Can we say that? Can most Christians say God is with me? When we walk into situations and circumstances, can most Christians say that with confidence? I don't think so. I hear y'all amens, but I don't think so. Well, Pastor Kim, why you don't think that? Let's keep reading. The Father has not left me alone. Why? I do it when it's convenient for me. I do it when my schedule allows for it. No, he says, for I always do those things that please him. That's why God is always with him. That's why he is never alone. He says, for I always. And we've got to make that the goal. Not always having followers. Not always having a crowd. Not always getting likes. No, we've got to make it our aim, our purpose in life, to always please him. Well, they made me mad. Okay, don't worry about them right now. Did what you just say please God? Did the manner in which you did that, did that just please God? When those words left your mouth, did that please? Don't worry about the other people. First, please God, because we just read a promise. If I please him, he'll make even my enemies. And most of the people we're getting into these things with, they're not enemies. A lot of times it's husbands and wives. You know, the death do us parters, you know, those people. People who are sleeping in the same bed, or at least should be. How you just said that to somebody you love? Okay, but forget about them. How you say that in the presence of God? How you call him that name in the presence of God? How did you just put your hands on a child of God? See, we'll get domestic violence right out of the church if we decided we're going to always be. She just made me so mad I had to. You had to what? In the presence of God? You couldn't recognize the God in her? Christians? Now, we're not going to keep pretending in the church like it don't happen. Kids too skittish for it not to be happening. I'm telling you, I know what it is. Went to church every Sunday. Hands thrown every weekend. Well, not every weekend, but too many. Too many. Too many. Too many. And in church every week. Because we focus on how you are treating or how you're relating to me and not focusing on how we're relating to God. Am I pleasing God? Am I? Okay. What about Enoch? 
Go to Genesis 5 and 24. Oh, Enoch. I think it's only got to be, what, three or four scriptures about the man, right? I think Genesis and then Hebrews and maybe Jude, right? I don't know. I think it's just a few, but Genesis 5, 24. And Enoch, look at this, walked with God. Now, when you read that word walked, it don't mean he literally, they was holding hands. They went, you know. No, it meant he proceeded with God. His manner of life was with God. His, his, his way he operated was with God. So when he moved, God was moving with him. Why? Because he pleased him. We'll get there. And he was not why, for God took him. God took him. He didn't see death. Now, you got to remember the time that Enoch was living in. It was, it was pretty bad. God was like, man, I love you too much to let you, listen, come on. <laughs> come on up here with me. Because it was rough, right? This is right before, the, uh, right before Noah. It was bad. So Enoch was, and then God just said, come. Now, let's keep going. Go to Hebrews 11 and 5, and then we'll see why God took him. Hebrews 11 and 5. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see what? And was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken away, he had this testimony. Huh? That he what? Y'all awake? What was his testimony? So, young people, I know you're hearing all of our testimonies. Your testimony don't have to be our testimony. It does not have to be our testimony. You can have the testimony of Enoch. I please God. You can have the testimony of, of, of Jesus. I always did what pleased. I always did what pleased. He had this testimony that he pleased God. You want to get out of tough situations? God just snatch you out of something? Please him. Please him. Don't get fearful. Please him. Stay in a relationship of constantly walking with God, proceeding with God. It can be an active shoot on your job. As long as you're with God, you were, and then you were not. Oh, well that, that's, that's back in the Old Testament. No, it can happen today. You can be right in the midst of trouble, and God will snatch you right out. Why? Because you have a testimony that you do what? I please God. All right? So we please God. That's the first step. Oh, what about the unnamed woman? They think it was Mary who broke the alabaster box on Jesus' feet. And everybody whining and complaining about her waist. But what was her goal? To please him. And he said from now on there will be a memorial written of this woman. Because of what she did. For the people in the room? No, but what she did for me. All right? So what, number one, we're going to do what? We're going to do what, church? We're going to do what? We're going to please God. Please God. Not please myself. Not please, I'm, 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 I got I to gotta look out for me. Well, see, here's the problem. When you start looking out for you, you get in the way of God. You're in the way. You're blocking your own. 
I got to take care of me because ain't nobody else. Oh, please. Yeah, God is. You, we forget him? Well, if I don't do it, nobody else. Mm, please, God. Okay. But well, we got to answer this question real quick. What pleases God? Come on. Hebrews 11 and 6, man of God. Hebrews 11 and 6. One more verse. But without faith, it is impossible. I said without faith, it's what? Impossible. Now, you see this is uh, verse 6. It ties us back to verse 5 when they're talking about this man, Enoch, who walked with God and then God took him. But he did that how? By faith. So without faith, without relying on God to make things happen in your life, you can't please him. Well, I, I got, I, I got, I got faith. I, I got, I got, I got. That's how I got, I got, I got faith. I believe. No. The proof is in the manifestation. See, it's in the, it's in, it's in, it's in what manifest. Okay, remember Jesus got in trouble preaching what he preached, the kingdom of God. Folk got mad. They wanted to kill him. And what did Jesus do? Pass right through the midst of them. See, if we had faith, as we should have, the church wouldn't be going through what the church went through. Remember that, that, that pandemic we had? It was so funny, wasn't it? It was just so funny. It was so funny. And we found out that not much of the church had faith. Well, we can even say, like, a lot of the church still doesn't have faith because... We had a Super Bowl, but churches were still closed. Like, now I know you ain't packing that many in there, Doc. Doc, why you not open? Because we found out people don't have faith. Watch one service. They had all of the names of the people who had died that were connected to their ministry. Well, dog, why that many people died? Oh, Pastor Kim, you can't say that because COVID was real. Okay, okay, whatever. The next one will be real too, you know. Some of y'all coughing not. What did I say? Three calls. But here's the reality of it. Is COVID the only thing out there? No. But they they picked this one. Did they pick this one and said, I just want y'all, I just want y'all to focus on this. A lot of y'all had SARS cov too. Y'all done had bird flu and everything else. You done had it all. You done had it all. You had it A-L-L-R. If your children go to public school, they brought home every, and if you got a child in preschool, you've had it all. You had it all. But we found out that pleasing God is not the top priority of many who are in church. Pleasing people is pleasing themselves. A lot of pastors have taken an extended sabbatical. It's a sabbatical. They're not showing up to class. They ain't showing up to the job. They ain't doing nothing but sitting in a Caribbean island with a phone sending a video to the masses. Well, sir, how you got out of the country? I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought it was COVID. They don't have as many vaccinations as we have. Why you down there? Because, oh, I stayed in the 
Airbnb and I had it sanitized before I went down there, but you sure had that margarita at that restaurant. We're not talking about that. That's none of my business. That's none of my business. But you understand what I'm saying. We found out that many in the church don't have faith. Now, does faith mean that fear won't come? No. Fear is an indication that there's a place you need to build your faith. And what you do is, the same way you got faith to do anything else, you build yourself up on the word of God, you say, okay, God, I believe you, you're with me. I'm going in. I'm going in. Amen? So faith pleases God. We saw that in Hebrews eleven six. 6. What else pleases God? Romans chapter 8, verses 6 through 8. And look at this. For to be carnally minded is death. See, if you think like the world, you'll die like the world. Okay? But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Keep going for me. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So it just can't fulfill God's requirements. So then, those who are in the what? Those who are in the what? Cannot please God. So anytime I step over into the flesh, I am not pleasing God. And when I am not pleasing God, I can expect things to go wrong. Something's going to, because I've stepped out. I've stepped out. He said, listen, don't be carnal. Don't be fleshy. Let the spirit lead you. And if the spirit leads you, you're not going to get in any trouble. He says, but you can't please me when you get over in the flesh. So we've got to be spiritually minded. Now, spiritually minded when we come to church, all the time. We've got to be spiritually minded on the job. We've got to be spiritually minded at the grocery store. We can't all of a sudden get in the grocery store and get in the flesh because somebody's not six feet away from When they clown you because you got too close, you don't argue with them. That's fleshy. You say, you know what? Oh, I didn't mean to invade your space. Is that good? And you don't say, is that good? You say, is that good? Are you, are you comfortable? Are you comfortable? Kids, don't come home in your flesh. You not been doing all of that in the people's school? Don't come home in your flesh. You can't, you, can't, you can't think that the relationship is going to go well and you're not pleasing God. Okay? So we got to be spiritually minded. Look at this one, Hebrews 13 and 6, because I want to please him. Anybody want to please him? Whew, anybody figured out that you can't please the world? You, yeah, I don't care how much you try. You, you know God. I thought you said I had to be this. Oh, okay, you said to be that? Okay, well, I tried that, and y'all changed again? Oh, you know what? I just can't please y'all. Now, that's the lie we tell of the church. Oh, you can't please church people. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You please God. Man, you please his people. You definitely please your pastors. You just really do, all right? Hebrews uh, 13, 16. Oh, media trying to follow along from my notes. <laughs> Doesn't work. <laughs> oh, yeah, media, we have a special understanding. Uh, but do not forget, look at this, to do good and to hoard everything up for yourself. So, ladies and gentlemen, you got babies. You get baby formula by two. Because there is a real manufactured shortage of baby. Now, how you out short on something y'all creating in the, in the doggone factory? How y'all out? 
They're not. They're not. They're creating panic. They're creating panic. Okay? You guys got to understand how supply chain works. We didn't have any increase, so much increase in babies that we ran up. Right, but here's what you do. You buy one for you, you buy one for somebody else. Look at this. For with such sacrifices, God is what? He's well pleased. He's well pleased when we sacrifice for others, when we give up our comfort for others. Do you know, I mean, it just gets me sometimes. You know, I'll see men open the door and they go in first. Dog, did you just, did you just, dog, you almost tripped your wife trying to get in there. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen mamas feeding their face and their children running around the house saying, hey, wait, 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 no, you don't know, you don't eat first. Mommies are the last to sit down at the table. I mean, I remember days my mom sacrificed so her purse would still be in the living room and her shoes still on her feet. Baby, it's 7.30. <laughs> because the moment she came in, she was no longer an employee of the state. She was mom and wife. And mom and wife do this, I got this. Because 8.30, everybody going to bed. Everybody. 8.30, I was in high school going to bed at 8.30. And I was so grateful for when, what was the show came on after the Cosby's? Different World came out. I could stay up to nine. Powerful. Powerful. They had a room. My house shuts down at 8.30. Powerful. But when you sacrifice for others, and so we read online, all of these mommies burnt out, mommies burnt out, mommies burnt out. You know why? Because you're thinking too much about yourself. Find joy and pleasure in sacrificing for others. Get joy when you look at your children's room and it's clean. Get joy. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. Help them. I got mad the other day. I did. I got mad the other day. You know, they told me don't tell no stories, but I always got to tell. I got mad. I said, now I'm going to go in here and I'm going to do this. I'm going to fold all these clothes. I'm gonna... But I just want you to know I'm not happy. Now, I understand you got a little life. I understand you working on something. You're trying to finish your school. Yeah, I understand. But why I had to do all that and disrupt all that peace? Because I knew I was going to do it anyways, but I was being selfish. Because everybody was sitting down doing what they wanted to do, and I'm like, I'd like to sit down and do what I want to do. And as I was in there folding those clothes, I found joy because it looks so nice when all that stuff is folded up in those, in those pretty piles. You're like, ooh, that's... But then the Lord says... You're a mommy, and you better relish this because there's coming a day where you're going to look up and ain't going to nobody be in your house but your husband. That's not a bad thing, but they're going to leave me, and it's happening quickly. So do you really want to spend your days griping? No. No. Sacrifice for others. Get out of the way for others. A senior comes in, let them have the best seat. Not make them scoot all past you. No, let 
have the, that's the way it used to be. That's the way it's got to. We've got to please God by sacrificing for others. There's not enough sacrifice. There's not enough. So if we're not sacrificing and we know this to be true, then God's not happy. All right? Number two, so number one, we're pleasing God. I told you what pleased God. Number two, we've got to please others. See, this culture wants us to put ourselves up front. Put yourself first. Get away. Take care of you. Your mindfulness, your wellfulness. Oh, please. Church, we don't talk that way. We're not building our own wellness. The Lord keeps us well. Body, soul, and spirit. I said body, soul, and spirit. There is no candle that can help you be well. There's no scent you can put in an uh, aromatherapy thing. There's no, there's no yoga pose you can do that's going to give you wellness. When you get up from that pose hurting, you still going to have to wash those dishes. You still got to wash dishes. You just done, dog. Pulled your leg and, you know, twisted it this way and you got up. The dish is still dirty. Burn the sage. A demon might come in, but he don't wash dishes. Because you know what I realized? Demons love filth. Oh, I just said something right there. Y'all didn't hear it. Demons love filth. They love disorder. They love darkness. They love smelly things. Oh, why did you say that, Pastor Kim? Well, because God was a God of order. He told them how many cubits to make this, how many rings to put on this. He told them, my God, turn on the light. He said, ooh, your sacrifice stank. He, this is how God talked. Demons don't mind that filth. Demon, demon, ooh, demons like it. Why? Because that kind of atmosphere Y'all know I'm telling the truth. I'm telling the truth because, see, you watch the news and they go and interview these people, and they, you know not to let people in your house. You don't let the whole news crew in your house. Well, that's why the kids acting like that. They can't find their shoes. They can't find them. They can't find them. They can't find them. I'm supposed to wear a navy blue polo shirt and khaki pants. Teacher, give them a break. Don't send them to the office. They couldn't find it. And when they did find it, it hadn't been washed in a month. Demons like filth. Ain't nothing filthy about God. I said that. What that got to do with what? How I got that man of God? Pleasing God. Well, I don't know. God just needed that to be said. Do with it what you will. We're pleasing others. Oh, mindfulness. Dishes. Yoga poles. You're still going to have to take care of it. Amen. So we're going to please others. You want to fix your marriage? Please your husband. Please your wife. Not please you. Not what I get out of it. Please them. All right? Think about others first. You can't give what you want to give people. You must give them what they require. I said you can't give them what you want to give them. You got to give them 
what they require. And too many of us are just trying to give people what we want to give them. We're giving our, our employers just what we want to give them. But that's not what they required. Well, show me that in the job description. Oh, they got to write everything down? Do you know how big it would be? You can't, you can't extrapolate out of your mind that that's a part of it? Okay, think about it. Think about it. You tell your son to take the trash out. And they take the trash out. Is the job complete if there's not another trash liner in the can? Job's not complete. Job's not. Do I have to write down? You ain't tell me. I ain't got to tell you that. You didn't find it like that. See, we want to give what we want to give, and that's not going to, oh, man. No, it's what do they require? What does the Lord require? He told us. He has requirements. And can I tell you something? I'm created in his image. You're created in his image. You have requirements. So single people, stop walking around dating people like you have no requirements. Because when you act like you have no requirements, they don't try to meet any. They don't miss. So that's why they in your car while you at work. You driving him, and he in the passenger seat laid down with a pistol in your glove box. And then you get pulled over. And it happens every day. Because whatever you need. When he keep the kids, he shouldn't be. He's selfish. Well, no, he's not selfish. He's not selfish. He's good with them. Then why is he not working and you are? And then you leave that kind of man home with your children? When they disrupt his video game, he's going to kick them in the head. Ask me how I know. We lost a child in the preschool for that very same reason. You out working doubles and he laid up. We have requirements. You are created in the image of God. You have requirements. Spend time with him and find out what are the righteous requirements for somebody you call boo. If they don't meet the righteous requirement, you say, boo, boo, be gone. Get, be gone. Get out. No, no, boo, boo, we're not doing that. We're not, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. And for goodness sake, don't bring them to me and want my face to be right because it's not going to be right. And the 2022, Kim, is not going to lie to you by being silent. No, 2022 is going to tell you the truth. That's garbage and I want no parts of it. And then I look at my husband and say, you will not. You will not marry them. You will not counsel them. Now, you stepping all out of your place. No, I am his help meet. I'm going to help him meet the requirements of God. Help meet. Pastor Kim, come take a picture with us. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. You don't want to come? No, ma'am. No. You got to have requirements. Please others. 
It's not about you. I'm tired of being alone. Your kids don't want that hell in their house. Their kids want their mama home. They want their daddy home. They don't want you out there with them and they left home with cinnamon toast crunch. And you at Longhorn. They're home trying to figure out when you coming home because you got needs. Because you got needs. I'm, I'm still a woman. You're a mama. Woman comes second. You're a mama first. No, you're not. You're a child of God first. Your standards ought to match God. Second of all, you're a mom. And single women with no children, first, child of God. Do what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7. Keep yourself right. Please God and please others. Your husband will be well pleased when he finds you right. Well, there she go meddling. Yep, you're right. Welcome to 2022. She's back. Look at this. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13 says what? Verse 5. Love doesn't seek its own. You're not loving when it's about what you want what you like, what you need, what you want to wear, where you want to go. No, baby, you can't. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You can't come behind me like that. Well, I'm comfortable. I'm not. I'm not. I have teenage girls, and you can't wait till they're 17 and want to beat that into them. It starts here. They never came to church without a sweater on their arms. So now I ain't got to tell them, man, you can't come out my house in that crop top. They already know. Oh, I bought a crop top. And you look, and there's a whole other tank top underneath it. You're a holy woman of God. I'm a teenager. You're a holy woman of God. I call my children their wives, their husband. He's a husband. I don't, I don't let them act like girlfriends. What are you calling you for? No, honey, no. Ain't nobody on the phone with nobody this time of night. I, boy, I get you good. You'll be so embarrassed. You'll be so embarrassed. You'll be so embarrassed. I'll walk right in your room. Who are you talking to? I've done it. And folk know it. Uh-uh. No, baby. It's, it's 11 o'clock. And no wife gonna want you on no phone this time of night. Don't practice that. Son, he don't like to go out to eat. That boy wants to go home and watch a ball game. Every, no. Sometimes your wife is, go, is going to want to go out. Fix your face now. You're going to enjoy this. I said you're going to enjoy this, and you're not going to make it miserable for everybody else. You're not going to do that. So perk up. Amen? Because it's not about us. It's about pleasing others. Amen? Listen to Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 in the International Children's Bible, which is a wonderful version. I just... When you do things, do not let selfishness or pride be your guide. Be humble and give more honor to others than to yourselves. Give more honor to others than to yourselves. We're last. In whatever relationship you're in, think about the good of God first, the good of others second. Well, what about me and my boss? We're just, my boss and I, we're not getting along. We're just not getting along. 
Selfishness has entered. And the way you fix selfishness is you kind of have to step back and let people burn themselves out. And then remember when you've pleased God, he'll make even your enemies be at peace with you. And you'll come in one day and the boss has been transferred. But you getting ugly and they being ugly is not going to work. You stay just as pleasant. Oh, they ask you to do something that seemed unreasonable. You're an employee. If it's legal and it's ethical, you do it. If it's not ethical, you take it to another authority. But other than that, we've got to please them. You know, everybody wants a merit increase. You didn't marry it an increase. Marry means you did well. And then you're mad because you got meet expectations. That's all you did. You didn't please them. Exceeds pleases. I get pleased when my husband goes above and beyond. When my children go above and beyond. And I'm sure they're well pleased if I go above and beyond. Wow, you didn't have to do all of that. No, I didn't, but. You know, I like, like gift giving. You know, like, like, here. Like, here? Here? You, that's how you wanted them to risk. You couldn't put a little piece of ribbon on it? Put in a little gift bag? Even for your husbands. Because can I tell you something? They don't know they like things until you've exposed them to things. Yeah. Please them. I'm going to tell you a truth, wives. I'm going to tell you the truth. Do it what you will. A steak cuts different on a regular plate than it does on a paper plate. He did not get excited about that steak because it was on a styrofoam plate. And so when they went to cut it, they cut through the styrofoam too. Stop serving your husband on paper and styrofoam plates. It's wrong. It doesn't please them. No, y'all, listen, let's think about how ludicrous this is. Let's think about it. So they opened up a shop downtown. I'm just talking because we fasting, right? We fasting, right? So we ain't need no right We fast. So they opened up this shop downtown, right? The zero waste store. There's zero waste. So there are no paper. Everything is reusable. So you don't come in, no plastic, no nothing. You want soap, you come in with your glass jar, you pump it full of soap, and you store it up and... You know, there's nothing to throw away. Nah, okay. <laughs> to a degree. There, yeah, there's some things you're not going to keep over and over again. At least you shouldn't. Like, stop washing out Ziploc bags. But that's neither here nor there. But that's neither here nor there. But they're taking us back to what we knew was right. I mean, I have a science background. I always knew plastic wasn't the way to go. I always knew you shouldn't microwave styrofoam. They just figured it out. No, they just, you know, uh, saturated that market. Now they're going back. So everybody went and bought plastic, everything. And now they said, okay, we've got to make more money. Let's go back to glass. And then you'll see all of these glass manufacturers, they'll start boosting. It's all a game. But here's the key. If I say I'm going to please you, then didn't the glass always feel better than a cup? Anyways, because when you drink out of a plastic cup, you can smell it. Anybody? And you can taste it. It just can't. But a glass. 
at an appropriate glass for whatever you're drinking. It just speaks differently. It, for you millennials, it hit different. It just, it just, it just, it just hit different when you, when you bring it to them the right way. They sit up differently. They come to the dinner table when it's not on a napkin. You give a kid a sandwich on a napkin, they go into their room and they go into the sofa. You got to go find them. Give them a plate. Sit it at the table. And guess what? They will learn to eat at the table. So then when we go to the restaurant, sit up. Please others. Number three. So we please God, we please others. Number three, articulate your expectations. Say it. God did. God did. God made it very clear on what he wanted or what he requires from those he calls children, from those he calls sons and daughters. He has requirements. I have requirements for those I call sons and daughters, spiritually and naturally. Oh, see, anybody. There's an expectation. Don't tell people you attend Exceeding Grace Christian Center you acting a donkey at school. Don't tell people. Don't tell them. Don't tell, I'm, I'm, I'm articulating my expectations. Look the part when you go out there. You're representing me. I'm your mom. We don't go out in bonnets. My children do not leave the house in bonnets. We sleep in bonnets. We comb our hair to leave the house. Pajamas are for sleeping. Well, I'm just having a comfortable day. They call that lounge wear. And you put on lounge wear. Now you lounge at home. You don't lounge at the mall. You don't do that. Because it's not representative of who we belong to. I love to watch documentaries of different cultures. And you can identify a group of people by how they carry themselves, how they eat, how they adorn themselves, how they live, their habitations, where you can identify them. Well, when we say we are Christians, holy people of God, there's a way that we carry because it identifies what tribe we're in. We, I can still say tribe, right? Oh, I can say tribe. Okay. We, we identify what tribe I'm in. Do you see what I'm saying? Now, you go to the woke church with the man in the skinny jeans and a little shirt. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? The wife got on leggings and six-inch heels with platforms on the front. Do you, baby. I expect... Pastor expects that we adorn ourselves in modesty. That we are classy people. And I don't mean classy snooty, I mean classy right. Fashionable and right. You see what I'm saying? Say amen to that. So articulate your expectations. I expect children to make good grades if you belong to me. Don't tell me you can't. Don't tell me you don't understand. Not when I'm here to help. 
and I got the Holy Ghost. You got the Holy Ghost too. You better ask him. The Holy Ghost knows trigonometry. The Holy Ghost knows physics. He created all of this. My God, he knows. So we've got to set the requirements. So here we are. Father God said, I require this. Number one, he said, let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 10 so you can see it. Highlight it in your Bible. And so when people, your other religious friends <laughs> who are not in relationship, <laughs> say, oh, no, nah, you ain't got to do You ain't got to do See, that's why people don't want to come to your church. Well, that's fine. This church might not be for them. And that's totally fine. That's totally fine. You know? What does God require? Deuteronomy 10. Look at this. What does the Lord your God require of you? Mm. He says, but to fear him, honor and respect him. What else does he say? Y'all read to me. So you'll wake up. Read to me. Yeah, read to me. Oh, I'm sorry. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. I'm sorry. Read. Where? Where? <laughs> Deuteronomy 10 and 12, you all read it. Oh, wait a minute, time out. Okay, wait, okay. Okay, let's read it together. We're going to read it together. I'll start off so y'all can read, then I'll fade out. Ready? And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? All right, so leave the verse up. We're not going to go there yet. Okay, let's go with these first. First, he wants us to what? Fear him. Respect him. Everybody walking around talking about put some respect on my name, put some respect on his name. He says fear him, honor him. Not be afraid of him, but reverence him. Think highly of him. Esteem him above everything else. He's, he gets the preeminence in our lives. Well, I'm tired. Take a day off from work. Take a day off from work. Don't take a day off from church. Oh, I'm too tired. Oh, pastor preached too long. I'm going to just stay in and watch it online. No, you're not going to watch it online. You sleep. You sleep. But you'll wake up for work on time. Drag your kids out of the house half-dressed so you can be on time. But when it comes to God, we show up when we feel like it. I said we show up when we feel like it. Well, I'm doing the best. No, that's not your best. Because you're on that job at 730. Oh, no, but, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I left the church. Okay. Oh, I thought we went. Oh, I didn't know what happened. Okay, y'all still here. I thought y'all left. I'm like, no, oh, they left. Lord, they left. No. Okay, no. We're going to honor and respect him. We're going to reverence him. We're not going to use his name in vain. We're not going to crack crude jokes with his name, nor will we listen to them. We're not going to lie in his presence. We're not going to shame him. I want, to, I want him to feel about me the way he felt about Abraham, not being ashamed to be called his God. And the only way that happens is if I honor and respect him. All right? Next, what are we going to do? Say it. Not just talk all his ways. Oh, we talk it real. Oh, we can talk it. We're going to do what? In all his ways. 
We're going to walk out everything this word says to do. If it says be kind, be kind. If it says be long-suffering, be long-suffering. If it says be gentle, be gentle. If it says be patient, be patient. If it says forgive, forgive. Not when you feel like it. And it's so funny the way church does church. We long suffering on those jobs. Get passed over for promotion eight times and still show up. Still show up. Boss make you work overtime and you actually stay. Pastor gets additional revelation and you go to sleep. No honor and no reverence. And then think it's funny because we tell him he preached too long. I'm telling you, the Lord is getting all the slack out my chain. I'm telling y'all, listen to me. It ain't about y'all. You guys, I've been having this, what does the Lord require conversation for about three months? My holiness apostle bought it out, and I've been eating on it ever since. Now, he a holiness apostle too, but I have membership somewhere else. Not just like <laughs> He does too. We, they're people we watch. You know, and, and I said, okay, wait a minute, God. There's some things that I've let slip. There's some things that, oh, I shouldn't have laughed about that. You know, I, yeah, you just, you get to run in your mouth and you're just giggling at stuff and I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have giggled at that. Oh, man, I should have, that should have anchored me. Why didn't that, why didn't that upset me? You know, when you're, you're, why didn't, okay, God, why didn't that, why didn't that upset me? Wow. Why did I just get so impatient? Why did I not tell them about you? God, why did I, why did I, why did I miss that? Because we sing, what does Jonathan Butler sing? Falling in love with, with Jesus was the best thing I've ever done. But then why didn't I say something right then? God, why did I tell them I'd pray and I didn't actually pray? Was I ashamed of you, Father? Or was I in too much of a rush? Then he says, remember, I come first. God will slow down time. I said, God will slow down time to get his job done. See, we just think that's Old Testament reading. No, he'll do it. All right, so we're going to reverence and respect him. We're going to walk in all his ways. What else are we going to do? We're going to what? We're going to what? Oh, we're going to love him. How many people here are in love? You're just, you just in love. Let me see your hand. Don't be ashamed to be in love. I'm in love. Okay. Okay, I'm being not Jesus. You're just in love. Just you in love right now. Yeah, you in love. Get your hand. Oh, I want you to get your hand up higher. Now. You're in love. Okay. How often do you think about that person you're in love with? Day and night. No, no, think about it. If you get, I remember when we first like married and if he would have a day off, you know, it used to be Wednesdays you were off at the shop, Mondays, Wednesdays, what day did you, whatever day it was, I'd figure out how, because he was a barber, I'd figure out how to get that day off, like, oh, like, oh, let me, oh, let me, 
because I want to be with, you know, because he home, I want to be wherever. Uh, yeah, thanks, Sheree. They have to like, yes, that's right. Well, I want to be there. You know, when I think about vacation, I don't think about like vacation with girls. Like, why do I want to, why do I want to go with y'all? I'm not going with him. I ain't going. Why, why? Oh, you want to go out to eat? Oh, no, I'm waiting on pastor to come home. I'm going to go eat with why? Because I love him. I love him. Right? Okay, but God says, I want you to love me. So I just take the way I, in this natural man, feel, and I translate it over into the spiritual, and it gets amped up. So I don't want to be without him. I don't want to not talk to him. I don't want him to not talk to me. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't want him to not show up, so I'm going to show up. You know what I'm saying? Because I love, I love him. Well, can I tell you something? In loving him, you love his house. And when I tell you for this house, I will walk this whole street to pick up paper. Because, oh, because, oh, this, this is, oh. Somebody left. Oh, this hits. It's God's house. When I go in that building with those kids in the morning, I'm going to clean the blinds because now I might forget to clean the blinds at my house about, about you know, till you be like, oh, God. But his house? Oh, wait a minute. Jesus, this, oh, this, uh-uh, this is, this is because I love it. And then he wants to talk to me. And he talks a lot of times through his word. Now, I can't do without his voice. He go too long and don't call. I'm texting and I want to know, like, hey, what you doing? Where you at? Where you coming? Where you coming home? How long you going to be? But I won't open this sometimes. Two days. And then I get lazy and say, well, I got my phone. I lay on my phone in the bed. I get the tablet and take it to the dining room and just, how, because an ad pops up or a text comes in and I get distracted from the one I say I love. But if he gets distracted, I want, what are you doing? You're always on your, and how does he feel when I'm always on my phone? Ooh. I told y'all this was my conversation, not y'all, so got to look at me like that. What did he say to do next? Serve him. Serve him. Well, how do we serve him? How? How? Half-heartedly. When you get a chance. When it's convenient for you. When your feet don't hurt. Oh, when you ain't got a headache. Oh, no, with everything in you. I come and I want to serve so bad, forget about a foot, forget about an ankle, forget about a calf, forget about a cramp, forget. I'm, I'm, listen, I got to show up because, oh, I got to serve God. And in serving him, I've got to serve his people. Yes. Remember, we talked about relationships. If you're not serving in the body of Christ, you're becoming a parasite. She can't say that. Yeah, it's the truth. 
take, 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 I ain't taking nothing. I don't ask them for nothing. They don't do nothing for me. You sitting and taking all this word. You ain't helping us grow it. Help us clean it. Help us welcome the people in. Help us lift up praise. Now, I know it's a lot of people in here can sing. I know it is. I know it is. I know it is. I know it is. I am sometimes, too. Yeah, I be here, though, but I ain't on Facebook. So, And I say, but they won't use that for God. They won't. They won't. Oh, you administrate like that? You plan like that? You cook like that? You use it for him. And then when you do it, the Lord tells us to serve him with gladness. I was glad to do it. It was my honor to do it. It was a joy. To, we've got to serve him. And in serving him, I rid myself of me. When I served my husband dinner, there's a manner in which you serve. Here, go and eat. Your plate over there. I left your food in the microwave. Oh, you don't wanna, you don't wanna go, you don't wanna, you don't wanna get it? You don't wanna heat it? You don't wanna sit it on the table? The pot's on the stove, but no, you you're not gonna you. Well, maybe that's why Cornisha be Ain't no Quenisha here. Because I'm going to tell you something about them girls got them sugar daddies. They served. That one lady in Miami told the judge, she said, I can't serve on this trial. It was a Parkland shooter trial. Jury dude. She said, I can't get on this trial. She said, I got a jury. I got a, a sugar daddy. I got to see him every day. I said, now, God. And she got out, too. And I was like, that lady crazy. Then I thought about it. She understood something. What she understood was, if my mortgage gonna be paid, I got to serve him. Now I'm not saying that we, you know, I'm just saying, okay, I'm gonna make it spiritual. Is it Proverbs chapter seven? With that immoral woman, she immoral, ain't she? She ain't no good, is she? But that man keep turning in, don't he? Why? Cause she perfumes that bed with cinnamon and aloe. Come on here. She got Egyptian cotton sheets. I told you I was restoring relationships. I'm restoring, I'm restoring relationships. Dirty sheets don't, they don't work. Stinky pillowcases, it don't, it don't help. It don't help. Stinky bonnets, it don't help. It don't help. It don't help. Dirty bathrooms, it don't help. I really am. I'm, I just, I am a 2022, well, I'm a 70s baby. But I really believe the 50s were just, I just love, I love the 50s. And, and how those women put on those pretty dresses and their gloves and their aprons. And, and, and they just, they did it with such grace and taste. And oh, to have that again. To have that again when a woman's joy was in her home and having people come into her home and to, and to feed them and to have, oh my goodness, to have, you know, the, the, whoever it was, leave it to be all the people. The husband will call home and say, oh, 
I'm bringing, you know, Ted home for dinner. And she not like, oh my God, because she got groceries. She didn't care because she was cooking. Oh, I'll set one extra plate, Dan. You know? Lord, yeah. We, we, we've lost all of that. Well, because I got to work just like he got to work. No, you don't have to work. I said, you don't have to work. That's a whole nother one, so we're going to move on. So you got to serve them. <laughs> Go to verse 13 for me, please. It says, and to keep his commandments and his statutes. So you got to obey him. Whatever he tells you to do, you have to do it. It's not a choice. You have to do it for this relationship to stay right. Right? I, you have to do it. It's not optional. It's not optional. You know, we've, we've bent rules so much and stretched the limits and tested limits so much. You know, even little children, they don't know right from wrong anymore. Because we give in on this, we let them go on this, then we want to beat them half to death for this. Like, wait a minute. It was funny last week. Why are you beating them now? They said the same thing. We want them to obey. Well, God wants us to obey. He wants us to actually not be hearers of the word, but doers. Whatever it is he says to us, we're supposed to do it. Not discuss it, not debate it, not question it, do it. All right? Now, the next step. Reciprocate what you've received. We're going to stay in Deuteronomy chapter 10. Verses 15, verse 15, please. Hallelujah. Look at this. It says, the Lord delighted only in your fathers to love them. And he chose their descendants after them, you above all people as it is this day. Therefore, circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked no longer. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. He administers justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. So do you notice God is doing everything he asked us to do? Everything he asked us to do, he's doing it. Therefore, love the stranger. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him. And to him you shall hold fast and take oaths in his name. He is your praise. And he is your God who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen. So what you want to receive or what you have received, you have to reciprocate it. We receive an awesome amount of love. Why ain't nobody love me. God loves you. And I don't know if church people hear that enough. God loves you. He loves you so much. He gave his only begotten son. And I, we, we, we quote that early on, and we're excited about that early on, but somewhere you get in 10, 15 years, and we forget that God loved me so much that not he gave one of his sons, he gave his only begotten we have an only begotten son. And boy, do we love him. 
boy, do we love. Oh. We love the girls, don't we? We love all of them. But let them die for these folks. Man, I don't know, oh, God. Oh, ha, ha. Oh. But God had no reservations about it. And can I tell you something? Nor did Jesus. The father loved him, so he was able to reciprocate it. Jesus said, Father, prepare me a body, and I'll go down. I'll go down. Why was Jesus able to do it so willingly? Because he'd received so much love. All right? So we're going to reciprocate what we receive. Number five, we are not going to get weary in well-doing. The same way it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, for the joy set before him, Christ, he endured the cross. Jesus endured things. Can I tell you something? We've got to endure. It's not easy. It's not going to be easy. This walk is not for the weak or faint-hearted. And everybody wants to say to be a Christian is to be weak. Oh, hush. It takes all the restraint heaven has for me not to. So, no, it's not for the weak. We're the strongest beings in the universe. Why? Because the grace of God, the Holy Spirit is in us, working through us. And there's nothing that we can't do because of him, all right? So we can't get weary in well-doing. Look at 1 Peter 3, 7 in the Message Bible. I think I gave you this to your media. It says, the same goes for you, husbands, because I'm helping all relationships, right? Be good to your, be good husbands to your wives. Say that, husband. Say I'm a good husband to my wife. No, no, wait a minute. Do y'all believe it? Say it like you believe it. I want to hear. Yeah, I'm a good husband to my. I'm a good, I'm a good husband to my wife. All right. Listen to how we know. Honor them. Delight in them. As women, they lack some of your advantages. But oh, let me read that from here. But in the new life of God's grace, what are we? We're equals. So treat your wives then as equals so your prayers don't run aground. So when we talk, yeah, that's real good. So don't get weary. Keep honoring them. Keep loving them. Keep taking care of them. Keep protecting them. Don't do it one time. Don't do it the first six months, the first year, the first six years. No, until Jesus comes back and takes us home honor and love, endure. Sometimes will she get a little, yep, yep. Are 50-year-old women like 20-year-old women? Nah, nope, mm-mm, mm-mm, we're different. I said we're different. Love me through it. <laughs> Are 50-year-old men like 20-year-old? Nope. You love, we endure. We endure. Will your children always be little? No. No. Endure it with joy. Don't get weary in doing what is right and doing what is good. All right? And the last point, remember that all of this is for your good. When we keep the righteous requirements for relationship, we benefit. Children don't get it. We're not asking you to obey, to feed some sort of sick need that we have. We're asking you to obey because the Bible says that children, if you honor and obey your parents, it will be good for you. Your days are going to be long on the earth. 
Could some of the disrespect and dishonor be why so many young people are leaving too soon? You can't just say whatever you want to say to an adult and not think there are going to be repercussions. You can't do it. And it's not because they're going to do something. It's because Heavenly Father will step back and just let you, and that ain't good. All right? So honor your parents. Men, we just read it. Honor your wives. Honor your wives. Why? So that your prayers will be heard. Don't do anything that's dishonorable, first to God, second to your wife. If your wife wouldn't like the way you giggle, don't giggle. If she gonna, uh-uh, don't giggle. Don't giggle. Don't giggle. Don't giggle. Hey, Kiki, Kiki, if you want to. Don't giggle. That's dishonorable. You know, people think, um, you know, if I'm out in public and I see gentlemen, you know, they think, oh, Pastor Kim was being funny. No, don't be funny. Because if you're not with your wife, I, hey, hey, how you doing? I'm not going to boot over in nobody's window talking to them. That ain't right. That's, this, that's just this. That's just dishonorable. Hey, Deke, how you doing? You've been knowing Deke for 20-some years. Hey, Deke, no, I'm not hugging Deke in public because they don't know I'm the pastor and he the deacon. Not going to do it because that happened one time. Pastor was giving my mom a ride, and this lady had started this rumor that my mom had man. Remember that? I said, y'all need to S-T-O-P. He is her son-in-law. That's Pastor John. But people in the church, I said in the church, I just that. So don't do anything. Don't let your good be evil spoken of. Little things. Don't put another woman in your car. You're an Uber driver, hey, you need a ride. Yeah, you got to get in that back seat. <laughs> well, you say your dad used to do that. Yeah, he didn't know. No woman got in the front seat. Hey, I'm sorry, you're going to have to. Because you don't want, I don't want her to even think I'm being dishonorable or him to even think I'm being dishonorable. Children, check your tone. It may not be what you did. It may be how you said it. You can't speak that way to an adult. You can't. Well, you don't know how he, uh, 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 that's still the teacher. You find him, yes, sir, hey, 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 they ain't got to like you. They're there to educate you. They're not there to be your friends. Can I tell you something? You're 12. She doesn't want to be your friend. At least she shouldn't be. At least she shouldn't want to be. All right? Yeah. Dishonorable. Just, just, we want to restore, Pastor's having the fun. We want to restore relationships. We want to restore them. And the, the, I could sum all of this up in saying just this. Please, God. But oh, you took all that time to say that? Yes. Please, God. Because if I please him, everything else falls into place. Everything else falls into line. Nothing will be missing, nothing will be broken, nothing will be lacking. Why? Because the God of peace will be with me. Amen. Amen. If you receive that word, stand on your feet and give God a hand clap of praise. I'm telling you, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. And I'll tell you this. This is why we've got to be urgent about getting people saved. Because relationships are being destroyed, every type of relationship. 
man's relationship with government destroyed. It's destroyed. There's, there's, there's just no respect there anymore. Student relationship with teacher, parent relationship with child, husbands and wives are at war, pastors and members at war. Like, what is going on? It's we've stopped pleasing God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The beautiful part about pleasing God is that you get to be with him forever. That's the... You mean forever in the presence of God? Yes! And so that's what the message that I want to give anybody in here today that's not saved. You're like, okay, you hit it. My relationships are a mess. And a lot of people are doing themselves harm, committing suicide because of relationship issues. Little kids killing themselves because they're in relationship too early. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, please hear my heart. I know our kids are growing up. And I know that hormones are raging and they are changing. I am now on my fourth teenager. And the conversations are all the same, whether they're boy or girl. They hit a certain age where they think it's time and they think they're ready. You know when they're ready. And there is no sense in setting them on a course for destruction too soon. Can I tell you why? We've not gotten enough young people saved for them to be safe. So that means they're going to have to date somebody from out there. That girl or boy are going to put pressures on them that they're not yet equipped to handle. But if we give them Jesus, right, and they shine their light, they'll become soul winners. So I'm starting to tell mine, yours is in the harvest. When you start bringing in the harvest, you'll start bringing in what you need. All right? So listen, there's no need to feel bad about what's going on. We all understand broken relationship. But the one relationship that is so easily restored is our relationship with Jesus Christ. He said, if you draw nigh unto me in the book of James, he said, I'll draw nigh unto you. He told the children of Israel over and over again, he says, in returning unto me, I'll return to you. So if you're feeling like, hey, the relationship is weak, it's broken, it's shaky, well, I'm glad we've been fasting, and I'm glad this is the word that we've had this morning. Because all you have to do, hallelujah, is call unto him. Amen? And what, I'm going to tell you, boy, before you get the sentence out good, he'll be like, I was waiting on this. Amen? So don't despair. Love the Lord, because he loves you. Amen? Amen? Receive our pastor now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much today for the word we've thank received. You, we thank you because, Lord, you've given us ears to hear. Yes, you have. And God, those hearing ears have allowed your word to enter to our hearts. And we ask that, Father, that every one of us, Lord, you help us to search our own hearts. Yes, God to know if there's any areas of our lives where we have shaky relationship with you. Father, Lord, you've made it possible for us to have this relationship with you through Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord. And we don't take that for granted, Lord. We don't take it for granted that we've already been walking with you for That's 5, right. 10, 15, no, God. 30 years no, God. or more. And we want it to get better That, better. that everything is just, is just fine. No. We want to make sure, Father, that we are well-pleasing to you. Yes. Father, you're the one who spoke from heaven above over Jesus Christ and said, this is my beloved son. And who yes. Yes. You determine that. You determine what pleases And Father, we ask you, Lord, to be able to tell us if we are pleasing to you. Yes, God. 
And God, in doing so, help us to see where there are other places in our lives where we are not uh, walking in proper relationship with others. Lord, with our mothers, with our fathers, our yes, sisters, God. our brothers, with our friends, with our co-workers, anybody around us, especially here in the, in the church, in the yes. body of Christ, where you've called us to be one. One, yes, Lord. To be unified, to be on one accord. We ask That's you, Lord, to reveal wherever there's any Father. strife or any sort of animosity, yes. anything, any unforgiveness that's in us yes. that we've allowed to creep in, where, where we've allowed offense to come in that has caused separation and division where we need to be one. We ask, Father, that God, you'd show us those things, and then, Lord, we rely on the grace of God, yes, your God. power, yes, to begin to change power. those things quickly. Yeah. We will not resist the prompting of the Holy Ghost. We receive whatever you tell us to do, Lord, to make things right in every way. And Father, we're asking that, God, you'd bless this house that as we maintain right relationship with you and, and with each other, that this will be always a place where your glory can rest, where your power can rest. For even it was on that day of Pentecost, we'll be celebrating that day, Lord, a few yes, weeks from now. God. Where they were in one up in accord. one place with one accord. Yes. And it was there that there was a sound from heaven as of yes. a rushing mighty wind. It was there that the tongues appeared, cloven tongues like as a fire. There you poured out your spirit. And so, God, we want this to be always a place where you can pour out your spirit in the in Lord here upon us. We pray blessing upon the woman of God. Thank you for her ministry today. Thank you for what she's poured out and released in this room. And we pray, Father, that you'll help us to take it and digest it. And let this word go in and do the work in us that you sent it to do. Now bless her a hundredfold because of the word she's poured out. Lord, bless her a hundredfold for that. Strengthen her with might even now by your spirit and her inner man. We pray, Father, that all her days will be brighter and brighter to the perfect day. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, give Father God a great big hand of praise today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. We need to always walk in right relationship with Father God and then with each other. That's right. You know, when we see the cross of Calvary,